Hello and welcome to episode 20. We're here already. I'm Sicky Mechanico and I'm joined as per usual by Special Ed and Kyronaut. And you're listening to the G'day. Xbox Era podcast. How are we doing, guys? Doing all right. Doing all right. Not bad. Yeah. Bit of a... Going stir crazy. Bit of a week it's been, right? A bit, yeah, of, a bit mean, of a week. <laughs> we, we'd love to say uh, that this quarantine is uh a bit strange but i mean like we've said before we've uh we're used to this lifestyle or yeah. at least i am basement dwelling <laughs> uh you know yeah we're, yeah. we're, we're sticking yeah. hitting all the stereotypes right now like i will say though working from home is not as cool as i thought it would be i thought i'd really enjoy being able to work from home but you know what i kind of miss the routine of going into the office Having my morning coffee, seeing my mates down there that own the cafe, you know, having my gym break where I go to the gym, then leave work and don't think about it and come home. Like I, I think I actually miss that routine strangely. Yep, I, um, I'm not surprised. I, I work from home hmm. usually two, two or three days a week. Um, I so this isn't day. this isn't abnormal for me, but um, it does require a lot of self discipline. And I think mm. the hardest thing now is that the kids, particularly for me, they, they, they're young. Dad's home all the time, yeah. you know, and they want yep. to come in here. Um, you know, mm. I, you can see, I, apologies as well for those watching on YouTube. I, I was in the middle of a house move. Everything's on pause. So we're kind of like, ah. mm. so there's a lot of mess um, back here. Um, but it's it's just, you know, and I've, I've heard that. I've been on a lot of... Um, company calls and, and conference calls and there are kids screaming in the background and you can see yeah, people hurriedly muting and and they this people are so apologetic and it's like look we're all in the same boat no one cares yeah I know. don't worry I about know. it <laughs> they're, dra- um, they're draining it hard my too but yeah oh uh, yeah what do you do it is yeah. well it is. <clears throat> yeah i guess you guys are lucky because uh i don't have a job till the summer and that's going to be going away because i work in events oh. so there's no events so there's no job uh, but I also hated my job, so I don't care. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> every cloud, I guess. Uh, every cloud. I, I I think that's that's the scary part of all this. I mean, uh, we've seen <laughs> we've seen the world pivoting um, to try and combat this, and I think that, you know there's good and bad things. One of the good things is I think we're seeing a lot more people realizing that the convenience and the and the availability mm. of everything in our way of life. Um, isn't the be all and end all and i've seen you know i, I the, the plus side is i get to walk in and see my kids whenever i want you know traditionally as a as the as the main breadwinner of, of this household it's like oh you know i'll see my kids at bedtime and then at the weekend and now it's like we, we've we've made a really pointed thing and I've i've said to a lot of my colleagues like uh, I stop at half five, and the reason I stop at half five is we're now having dinner together as a family every day, instead of give the kids dinner and me and the wife will eat at like eight p.m. Yeah, yeah. And that that is wonderful because I get to really, really spend more time with my kids, uh, a lot more cuddles and and fun things, and lots of being silly. Um, and plus, my little boy is really getting the hang of video games now. We are we are hammering mm. down on uh, yeah. getting good at getting good at controlling stuff, and he's yeah, he's. So deep in the world of roblox and and other things at the moment <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> the, the daughter is with roblox and minecraft but the son is still uh on the switch still <sighs> loving mario odyssey and why not just went and bought him a whole bunch of games today 
like from the grandparents and stuff for Easter. So we've got to hold on to them till next week. Luigi's Mansion, Mario Kart, Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. Uh, it's funny, when I went to the store just now and got Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, they were like, you know, this game, we've had really high demand for this game lately. I'm like, yeah, well, the Olympics aren't on, so people are just buying the game and they'll just <laughs> reproduce the Olympics themselves. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, just, everything's, um, getting, everything's getting cancelled, pushed back. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I will well, say there's still a lot of uh, effing jerks that are breaking those rules, man. It's freaking me out. There was actually a story. There was actually a story that I read earlier today of some idiots in, I think, Georgia, who come like in a small town that had over like, a, like a, I think a thousand or two thousand cases of confirmed coronavirus, right? And the mayor ordered a 30-day stay-at-home like order, and he was going to enforce it with 150 extra policemen. Uh, but just like it's, not, it's at this point, it's normal. Every every town enforcing something like that is going to be doing something, mm. like that, right? But uh, a bunch of the people who live in that town uh, said, "No, we're not doing that," and they complained loud enough, like Karens at a retail store. Oh and the mayor God. said, "Okay, I guess I guess I have to rescind the stay-at-home order." Well, like, come on. <laughs> I, I, people are stupid. And that's what's scary. And I think that's what we're seeing now is that, that there is actually fake news out there. Have you guys heard of the 5G is responsible for for the virus it's nonsense? And I'm like, 5G? I'm like, what? It, what? Oh, you mean 5G? You mean 5G wavelength yeah, the for network. cell phone? Yeah. What? Yeah. Seriously, How, it's out there. Oh, my God. And it, it was actually gaining traction. How? How stupid are people? Like, very, do we have a measurement very. on a scale? On a scale, like how stupid a person I've is. Said it, I've said it for years, boys. A person is smart. People, <laughs> people are stupid. stupid. <laughs> like, just yeah. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. If you want an idea of where all this is heading, go and watch the movie called The Mist. Brilliant yes, movie. Yes, mate. Fantastic film. Brilliant, Frank Darabont. Brilliant movie. Black yep. and white version is the best. Um, oh. I didn't even know there was a black oh, and white dude. version. The black and white version makes up for the arguably lower budget CGI um, because some oh, of okay. it really is a bit poor. But it's an absolute... I'm a huge, huge uh, movie movie person. So, like, I, I am, uh, I'm the kind of guy that you want in a trivia movie questionnaire thingy. I'm the same, actually. <laughs> and, and, and I've, been like, dubbed, I've been dubbed the uh, human IMDb. Yeah, yeah, very, very similar. So, and but, again, uh, if you haven't mm. seen it yet, um, I just no. watched The Invisible Man, the the yeah, one good with film. Elizabeth Moss. Good really film. well done, and coincidentally, but, was written and directed by the same guy who did Upgrade. Saw, and if yep, you haven't seen Upgrade, also Upgrade's brilliant. Really good Upgrade, w- <laughs> Upgrade was filmed in Melbourne. Yeah, The Invisible Man was filmed in Sydney. Amazing. But um, but uh, yeah, to get back director. on the topic, to get back on the topic, uh, so it just seems like people are either freaking out or thinking this is nothing, yeah. and neither situation is going to help anyone. Mm. So honestly, I think to anyone listening to this, anyone watching this, just relax, follow Stay the home. guidelines, follow Stay the home. guidelines of the World Health Organization, and if you're in the U.S., the CDC. Or in any other country, your local your local health administration, like all their guidelines, just follow them as best you can. Stay home. Play games. Like stay the f home. <laughs> stay, stay home. home. Play games. 
and just relax. Like, as long as you do those things, there's nothing to panic about. Yeah. Nothing. So, well, speaking of staying home and playing games, um, what have we been playing? Yeah, so from, from my perspective, a couple of things. Some of them are on topic. I, I have really been enjoying uh, Warzone. Um, yes, it's good. Call of Duty Warzone. Didn't expect to. Was a big PUBG fan, but the the jank of PUBG. 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 Um, the the jank of PUBG really uh, PUBG. really got this PUBG. Uh, really got on my nerves. Yeah. We're never gonna get through them, huh? Um, but Warzone really great fun to play, and uh, all the little tweaks. Did you it's try like, plunder? It's yeah, I've tried plunder now, and really really Plunder's enjoyed great. that as well. Like when things get really crazy mm. when you when you're in that mm, yeah. top three and. Constant respawning on teams, the attack choppers coming in. It, it is a little bit like baby's first uh, battle royale. You know, it's super mm. easy to play. Like yeah, to good. the point where even I am. Oh well, okay, good. but that, that's debatable because like if you're chasing after the highest levels of cash you can possibly get, like you should be. But yeah. that game I'm is basically really that game basically becomes like. Have you ever played the division? Yeah. Yeah, I played the first one. Okay. I didn't bother with the do you second. remember? Do you remember the the dark zones? Yep. That is essentially plunder. Yeah. In a nutshell, and uh, it be you got to you have to play by dark zone rules once you start getting above five hundred thousand dollars in game. Like, yeah. you just have to hoard your stuff. You're never. You're likely never going to find a place that's safe enough to deposit anything. Just yeah. hoard it. Just hoard it. <laughs> and yeah. don't die. And don't die. That's exactly how we, we found it. But no, it's been it's been really good fun. And the other game that has had a massive resurgence, and it's kind of on topic this week due to the announcement uh, a couple of days back, is uh, back on the back on the seas in the Sea of Thieves. Um, yeah. Had oh, yeah. probably one of the best sessions. So we, we were kind of like, my crew and I were kind of like, let's get some the tool, new tall tales done we haven't played in a while and we suddenly found that the, the world seems a little bit more full of life again because um, it seemed a little bit dead for a while out there in, a, in in terms of the not the pvp stuff but the 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 actual shared world adventure and we literally just had one of the best experiences um yesterday evening that that i've had in ages on that game and for sea of thieves fans that listen to this and they know that i i stand for that game in a, in a big way um we effectively you know we did the skull for no we 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 we, we, we we're quite bullish we're pretty good at it so we take on any ship we see and we always try and rob all their loot we took on two like we took on a briggy and a galleon we approached a fort, a galleon was doing the fort, a briggy was coming in, and we just kind of shouted across to them, like, hey, you want to alliance up? And, and they kind of, they didn't fire on us, so we took that as, yep, they, they're working working with us. Mm-hmm. Went in, we absolutely decimated the galleon. Um, like, so the masts were coming down, the ship was on fire, we killed all the crew, we sunk them, and they were doing the fort, but we noticed that the briggy was kind of circling and not really taking any shots. As soon as that galleon went down, they opened fire on us, but we were expecting it, so we already had cursed cannonballs at the ready to down their anchor, drop their rigging, all of that stuff. <laughs> Completely destroyed them as well. The Both ships were stuffed to the brim with loot, so we took it all on, fought the fort, but then that fort for some reason everyone was fighting over it so in the space of time it took us to do the fort we were attacked repeatedly by the same galleon trying to get revenge a briggy uh, about six times and a sloop so we were well stocked we saw off in the double digits of player ships like some of them were just the same ship coming back trying to stop us eventually got it got the key then they they stole the key off our guy on the island they opened the fort they got this massive mega keg blew up our galleon 
uh, our brigadine rather, we sank. And at this point, we've lost all the loot we had. But we had fought them off like 18 times or something bananas. Like we were really, really on it. So we were like, but we'd sunk them at the same time. So just as they went down, they mega kegged us. We went down. We we were like, right, it's a race back to get to that point. And their crew was still alive. So they'd taken two rowboats, boated up all the loot and gone in two different directions. One of them was a decoy with all the cheap loot and one was one with all the really good stuff. We found the decoy... Mm-hmm. But before, we'd noticed a trail of mermaids indicating a path they took. So we we got that rowboat, we took all the loot, and then we looped back around. We saw the galleon coming in to rescue the guy on the rowboat. He was in the middle of the ocean, and we actually harpooned him, like pulled the rowboat round, and they, they steamed past the mist, got him on, killed him, and then we were away, and then we were being chased for literally two hours from this galleon, just refusing to give up. It was great. <laughs> it was great. You have to play this game. To understand why people are like, this is the best game I've ever had. Because you just don't get these crazy shared world moments that you get in other games. The emergent gameplay. Oh, it's, it was it was great. Honestly, I've never laughed so nice, much in my life. Nice buzzword right, right there, Ed. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, oh, anyway. it's coming to Steam. Uh, so I'm jumping ahead of our schedule yeah. a little bit, but that's really cool. Yeah, it's coming to Steam. So that's what I'm playing. I'll show um, up now. Well, outside the usual... <laughs> Uh, duo or trio of games uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was on sale so I bought it now so I own it rather than relying on Game Pass because it's not on Game Pass anymore but yeah. you know it's funny I was actually going to ask you John about doing a piece on this on the website but I'm like don't worry about it now I'll just talk about it here I'm playing a game it's from the creators collection uh, it's currently free uh, we linked it in the discord uh, there's a game called Omega Rally Championship. Okay. And it's, a, like I said, a creator's collection game. Is this, now, sorry, creator's developer, collection is the indie, indie kind of... Yeah, it's basically the idea. It, it's basically the XNA equivalent yep, on yeah, XNA, Xbox One. Yeah. Uh, and I assume this is one dude. Uh, the developer's name... Now, the way he has spelled this, I've got a funny feeling it's meant to say anorexic. Because it's... Lowercase nr, capital X, lowercase IC. So that sounds like anorexic. Yep. Uh, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, the game is rough. Uh, polygon style, a la Virtua Racing, Virtua Fighter. Uh, trigger to go, left stick to point your car in the direction you want to go. But the rally, it's, it's an isometric racing game. Very, very raw, very rough, but the driving model on it is unbelievable. Like, this guy needs to get a job, whether it's at Polyphony, whether it's at uh, Playground, whether it's at Turn 10. Someone needs to give this guy a job developing a, a driving model for a major game. Like, this Omega Rally game, like, you can tell that this guy is, uh, he's not a, he's not a, creative in terms of design but you can tell in terms of um i guess that underlying mechanical ga- yeah. mechanics and gameplay systems this guy's unbelievable like like i'm t- like it's funny the way he advertises his own game in the description it, it talks about um a new style of arcade racing control that anyone can pick up and play and you know what my four-year-old saw it wanted to play it picked up the controller I told him what was go, I told him what was turn, and he was playing it straight away. And he was doing drifts, he was doing power slides, he was doing it all within seconds. Like, Not bad. 
just it, like I said, it's free. Anyone can grab it right now. Omega Rally Championship. Again, I'm not telling you it's the best game ever, but you can see the the potential in the underlying mechanics. Like the actual driving model is brilliant. It's really, really good. And surprisingly, I've been playing that. And I've also gone back to Punch Out on the Wii. <laughs> I don't know why. I think because I'm home so much, so I'm just playing more stuff. <laughs> Trying to so. get some exercise. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, now, Cairo, it's hilarious. Now I think of it, and I'm going to let you speak because I think I know the games that you're going to mention you've been playing. And I am stunned that we forgot to put it on our kind of summary about what we're going to talk about this episode. Mm-hmm. Half-Life. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So I haven't beaten it. I'm about like oh, yeah, halfway they are. through the game. <laughs> For those uh, not watching on YouTube, uh, Nick just noped out as soon as the VR conversation came up because this is a running joke. Uh, sorry, sorry, Cairo. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> so uh, when the game launched, I had an issue where uh, after like some somewhere in the middle of chapter four the game would crash on loading the next area every single time. I fixed it after contacting Steam support, and they said, did you try verifying the game installation? And then I, I looked in the mirror at myself like I'm a giant idiot. I said, oh, well, <laughs> that I didn't try that to begin with. Uh, but the game is, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is, like, legitimately the craziest most surreal experience I've had in gaming in my 24 years of life. Hmm. It is just like as mind blowing as the physics engine was in Half-Life 2 at the time of its release. Because yeah. I remember being a kid getting a getting a pretty crappy PC and being and playing Half-Life 2 on it. And just the physics of engine of that game was just phenomenal for the time. And you look at all the things that Valve has done with Half-Life Alex. And the way the interactivity of the game works, the way like, you can literally just hold your hand out at something, flick it up with your wrist and grab it out of thin air, you know, yeah. and just like... It's the first time in VR that I felt that catching and, and manipulating yeah. things feels supernatural. And it's the detail that they the put The detail in. of if the you, world. If you reach like, out and there's something on a shelf, you can literally... Just move it to one side. Move it out of the way. It you can sense. move it out of the it's... way. You can f throw it out of the way. You can use a chair to block a head crab flying at you and throw it through a window. I've seen I've seen videos of that on Twitter. Uh, it's just it's phenomenal. Like I, my brother, the only my brother is I actually have... buying. I think my brother's actually buying a quest just to play Half Life Alex. So I'll, maybe I'll try his. You definitely I think, no. should. Please, actually, no, please I think do. he got one. I think he got one. He told me today that he was mucking around in VR, so he must have already got one. Do you know what? So I might have to. Uh, I, I guarantee you that you will in six your months mind when lockdown VR. is was uh, is lifted. <laughs> I have to admit though, um, I what has upset me a little bit is is what I thought would happen has happened, and it is Ravenholm VR edition. Um, Ravenholm creep, creeped me out in Half Life Two as it was, <laughs> and, and now I am struggling to continue. Yeah, there's I actually like genuine voice. moments of. There is actually genuine moments of horror in this game that I did not expect. Yeah, it's a horror. I've game. jumped, I've jumped several times at things that honestly I probably I wouldn't have that wouldn't have gotten me had I gone into it thinking it was a horror game. Yeah. But because you're so immersed in how the world is laid out and how everything feels, you just feel more connected to the game. Yeah. In a way that's really hard to describe. Yeah. You know, 
Like you have to experience it for yourself to understand mm. what like what I'm talking about, what anyone who has good things to say about that game is talking about. Because it's yeah. just it, there is nothing. There has been nothing like this before. I nothing mm. like this before. I would know? say if you're playing Half Life, Alex, 100% try and pick up Lone Echo. I've I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's still one of my favorite VR games. It's not as immersive like the the. You know, when we're talking in terms of production value and things, you know, Half-Life Alex yeah. is definitely the first real Half-Life AAA VR game. VR game, yeah. Um, 100%. 100%. It, and it's really uh, good. Something else we forgot that I think we're all playing, or at least I know I Are you am. just trying to switch the topic from VR because you don't want to talk about VR? A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. Um, <laughs> bleeding right, Edge. Yeah, Bleeding We've Edge came out. Bleeding uh-huh. Edge. I actually yep. stopped playing it. <laughs> nah, I'm still I'm still playing it mainly because the achievements are gettable, so I'm just sort of yeah. pushing so through to get the achievements. My current problem, I don't know if they fixed it recently because I haven't heard anything about recent patches other than the one they released a couple of days after launch. Mm. Uh, my current problem with the game is... And that patch didn't fix it. So The death ball compositions that are prevalent right now are pissing me and my friends off to the point where we just refuse to play that game until it's fixed because it's getting it's quickly ending up in situations where people will pick uh they'll pick buttercup because mm-hmm. for some damn reason ninja theory thought it'd be great to have one of the fastest characters in the game be a tank and also do as much damage as she does uh and all she does is harass you pull you into her team and then she she and her team if they're running a comp like a an actual death ball comp they will target individual players jump on them kill them move on to the next player and there's nothing you can do about it because they have so much health collectively that trying to peel away people is almost impossible right so you can't do the typical strategy against death balls that you see in other games. And for in other games, and for the people who uh, don't know what a death ball composition is, is essentially that. It's essentially you get a high damage, you get a you get a character that's capable of pulling people in or stunning them or stun locking them into position. The entire team dives on that person and then rotates to the next person until the entire team, the entire enemy team is killed. And it's one of the hardest compositions to like fight against. Right. Yeah. Especially, especially if you can't fight. Especially if you're fighting against a team that always sticks together, and you can never trick away, which is like I, the only tactic. You have to get them to peel away. They can't all yeah. be together if you want to I win have that to composition. Admit, due to the way it plays, like uh, I've actually gotten quite good at lasting quite long in those death balls, just through sheer necessity. Like I've actually gotten quite good at it. <laughs> I, I last surprisingly long, especially if I've chosen a tank myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have found with the game, one thing that definitely needs to change is the respawn time. It's just yeah. too long. It is too long. It's way too long. And it adds to the death ball thing. Like, if, yeah. if you were respawning faster, you could get back in there to support the guy like me who's lasting as long as physically possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like... I found nearly every game is a landslide, one way or the other. Yeah, so that's, I, that's, that's the big close, problem. Close, that's yeah, the big problem. Close there's, there's never close games in Bleeding Edge, and that just because yeah. when you're the one stomping someone, it feels great, right? Yeah, you it's know amazing. it's broken, but it feels great. Like, yeah. but 
nine, like nine times out of ten, and this is probably because we haven't spent enough time in the game to get better at it. But mm. I kind of find that a, like a difficult thing to to gauge because there's only so much better you can be against a composition yeah, you keep yeah. running up against all the time, you know. And, oh, uh, but yeah, when when you're on the winning team, that's just stomping the yeah, opposition. Yeah, but when you're on the it losing team, amazing. <laughs> it's really when good. you when you when you're on the losing team in Bleeding Edge, you it you sucks. fucking hate it. It like, sucks. It is li- it is literally the angriest I've ever been in a video game in a while, and it it's just it is so awful. We stopped playing it because we couldn't we couldn't take that anymore. Like <laughs> it was just beating us into submission, and we we couldn't do anything. You know? Yeah, and I think. Yeah. I think you know they've they've launched think... the game is is fairly light as a package now obviously the price reflects that to a degree and they've said that mm. they're going to support it going forward um, I know that um, when we do our community questions later there are some questions around our thoughts on yeah. the edge so I don't want to yep. I don't want to dive in too much and and then yeah. just avoid kind of uh, answering that question but um, it will be very very interesting to see what's next for them and, and for supporting that game we did see some cool kind of um in in bleeding edge you can get a sea of thieves hoverboard and in, in, in yeah. sea of thieves you can get a bleeding edge ship um mm. and i'm liking seeing that kind of support network across those xbox game studios the cross-pollination now. it's lovely it's lovely we've got an ori ship yeah sea of thieves as well halo so, perfect dark <laughs> I do, I, a couple other things that i didn't want to mention that like just in case in, in in some far flung future, the Ninja Theory guys take a look at this and say, "Huh, you know, that's something." They probably already thought of it, but whatever. Uh, I don't like that both the modes, the both the two main modes of the game. Uh, I don't like it when they have more than at most two points active, mm-hmm. because for capture points at least, like you have you don't have to worry about collecting anything, so it's just straight up capture points, but because there's too many objectives active at some at some points, you're dividing the focus of the team way too much. Mm. And you're leading into situations where one team can roam around as a death ball, following your trail as you're capping points, and they can still get more points over you because there's nothing you can do about it. Your attention is split so like so much over all these objectives that it becomes hard to actually focus on the fights. So and then you're leaving like the most vulnerable, the most vulnerable players, basically by their lonesome, for the most part. Yeah. I, I will it, say almost all my victories have come in the capture points, not yeah. the cell collection. Same, same here. Like the cell collection mm. is like, oh. it's a lot more difficult because you have to manage a resource. You know, yeah. uh, if it was literally the cell collection would have been better if it's just one point active for the collection phase. And everyone dogpiles on the point. Actually, you know what? You want to know what would make cell collection infinitely better? What? If they took away that dumb mechanic where you've got to sit there and wait for them to deposit. Because the soon as because the problem is just getting hit interrupts the deposit. Yeah. And so if you get a death ball, bang, that's it. It's impossible to deposit any power. Yeah. Cells. Honestly, just like just let us run over the point, and they instantly drop. I don't. I don't care about them adding new characters and maps right now as much as I care about them fixing the problem of making mm. it so that the only real viable composition for most players, because it just wins nine times out of ten, mm. is to death ball. Like, mm. if you're not death balling, then you're probably gonna lose 
if the other team isn't if the other team is death balling you know yeah yeah like there's just there's just no way i like focus on getting rid of that meta because that's the meta that ruined like overwatch for a year for a lot of people Mm. you know uh and and its variants also ruined that uh just that's honestly my one complaint i the game has potential yeah, I mean, actually, that's, that's the very, very, if I could collect and look at all the feedback, yeah. is that the, most of the reviews are middling, you know, um, Slicer for Xbox Era game, yeah. Bidding Edge, I think a 7 out of 10, kind of said, you know, seven the, or the, 7. the foundation's 5. there, I enjoy what's there, but there needs to be mm. more of it, um, and soon. Um, otherwise, mm. it's it's mere distraction. It's I think Eurogamer used the phrase, uh, Game Pass fodder, which I... I I don't like that phrase, but I, I can understand the mentality behind it. Um, yeah. Um, so it will be interesting to see what's going on. Obviously, actually, it's, also, it's also blatantly flop false. Yeah. Like, the game was being made before they were purchased, so I don't know how it's Game Pass fodder. Yeah, it's not released purely for uh, Game Pass. So. so the one thing I want to talk to you guys about, though, regarding the Bleeding Edge, is uh, the controversy surrounding... A lot of the reviews for the game mentioning its potential as affecting the review score. And honestly, like, at least for me personally, I honestly don't think you should be judging a game based on what it could be more than what it is right now. Yeah. So I remember that that controversy lighting up era for a few days. Uh, we made like a bunch of people made fun of it in the Xbox era discord. But I don't know. Nah. I think I think reviewing on potential is stupid. Yeah, you can't review what like anything has the potential to be good. Anything. Like so it doesn't really make sense to give something a score based on a potential that it could be good. Like <laughs> like if you uh, if uh, Nick gave Red Dead Redemption 2 a 10 out of 10 for the potential of Rockstar fixing the controls he doesn't like. You know? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point to make. Um, but Bleeding Edge launched, obviously, Game Pass um, uh, and Game Pass PC, but also on Steam uh, as a as a, a budget title as well. Um, yeah. And we've seen a lot of uh, little PC gaming things. As we previously mentioned, we've obviously seen the store yeah. page go up for Sea of Thieves. Um, we've got the Minecraft Dungeons beta, which uh, has been announced. I got in. And, I got and in. It's, and it's got its own launcher. Which is uh, on PC as well. Um, yeah. So we are not going. Wh- via... I, I wonder what the conversation on that's going to be because uh, PC gamers seem to be uh, uh, a bit uh, against launches. A- against anything that basically isn't Steam at this point. So mm, like, I don't know if that's true of all PC gamers. I think people will just play the games they want to play. Hashtag not all PC gamers. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it is what it is. But I know that we've got the the Valorant. Closed beta is going on. Valorant that's not closed beta. Xbox uh, really related, but it's not Xbox related. But it is interesting in the fact that uh, it is very much in the wheelhouse of what Xbox has been focusing on in terms of multiplayer over the last few years. So they uh, Riot announced Riot opened up today at 10 a.m. with a bunch of streamers streaming gameplay of the game from a Twitch rivals. Uh, a Twitch Rivals event that happened yep. last week, uh, or yeah, last 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 weekend, uh, 
And so they were basically, uh, it was basically a huge gameplay blowout from different perspectives, different people's like takes and opinions on how the game played so far, all streamers. Uh, and if you watch the streams, you had a chance to get one of 25,000 whitelist entries. They're not Ooh. keys, they're whitelist. So how Riot does it is, uh, and I think it's a good, a good idea for like any giveaway, mixed pot, Twitch, yeah. I don't care. Uh, you link your account, your Riot account to your Twitch account. Uh, if you get if you get in, they don't give you a code. They look at what your Riot account is, and, and they whitelist, whitelist that. Yeah. They they add that Riot account to the whitelist like immediately. So there's no code to enter. So there's no key reselling. Nice. You know, uh, the only issue is now people are working around that by selling accounts that got in. Wow. So, I mean, it's not Game that much of a turn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but uh, everything I've seen of the game is just fan-freaking-tastic. It is addressing so many of the complaints I've seen the CSGO community have over the years. Because Valve doesn't really... Well, let's just, let's just be honest. They don't really care all that much, to be completely like Frank. Uh, and haven't really bothered fixing a lot of the issues that people have complained about. Uh, Valorant looks like it's addressing nearly every single one of them. Mm. And what gets me excited is uh, one of the streamers I was watching, I think his name is Tim the Tatman. Yep. Uh, he had actual developers of the game come onto his stream and actually like answer his questions. Interesting. Uh, and one of the questions that he asked, that was asked from his chat, was is there going to be a console release of this game? Uh Riot has said they're focusing on the PC version right now, but future platforms are not out of the question. So, honestly... They'd be silly not to. Yeah. Yeah, like, they're releasing League of Legends Wild Rift on console and mobile later this year. Uh, and from what little they've shown of that game, it looks pretty great for a console mobile port. Uh, well, console mobile, it's basically a brand new, brand spanking new game for console and mobile. Uh but Valorant, definitely, we haven't seen a CSGO title, a CSGO-like title on console since CSGO on the 360, and that never really, that never got any, any updates. Because at the time, if we all remember, Microsoft was charging developers a lot of money yeah. just to update their games, right? Yeah. And Valve was having none of that. So they abandoned the CSGO port on 360, like, almost immediately. Outside of like crashing bug fixes, that's about it. Uh, and that game is pretty much dead. Yeah. So we've never had another CS:GO, uh, another CS game on console in a long time. And honestly, I think Microsoft would be smart if they're chasing that PC crowd to get something working with Riot to bring Valorant to console, especially for like maybe the Series X launch or sometime into 2021. Where they can so just sick. come out on stage, where they where they can just come out on stage and say, "Look, look at all these PC games coming over to Xbox for an exclusive time period or something, right? Yeah. How much how much of a great boon it is that we're supporting both platforms, right? And Valorant is announced as like the headlining title for that. Yeah, it would definitely get a different kind of buzz behind it. Uh, be interesting yeah. to see if that happens. It's it's funny Microsoft's support of PC. I think you know initially that. Yeah. And I think, to a degree, perhaps some PlayStation fans are going through... Well, Xbox fans went through, 
you know a number of years back when it was like yeah we're, we're there on both platforms why why shouldn't we do this and then oh the console's gonna die and then oh no no yeah. both can coexist it's okay um, and we've seen now like i think on steam there's an xbox game studios publisher sale with like a bunch of yeah. savings on Master oh yeah a bunch of savings um, it's really it's really extensive too. Yeah, not mm. not too not too big sales. Like I think the most was thirty three percent off. Yeah. But even still, like seeing seeing Xbox Game Studios as a logo on the Steam homepage That's for a little crazy, bit there was crazy times. surreal to me. Crazy uh, times. And I think Sony would be stupid to not chase after the PC market as well. It's just leaving like, money on the table. It they is will. just leaving money on the table. I mean, we're yeah, getting their will. PC. PC's getting uh, Horizon right later this year. Uh, yep. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing stuff like Days Gone, uh, older games like Bloodborne, make their way over last, to PC. Last Guardian, Gravity last Rush, Guardian, Last Guardian, the games, Gravity the Rush games that weren't the highlight blockbusters. I mean, Bloodborne kind of was, but besides Bloodborne, like the games that weren't really lighting the charts up, you know, as much as like. A Last of Us or an Uncharted or you know any of those other games. Yeah. Mm. Now I think that's a good segue. Actually, that's yeah. a good segue. Um, COVID nineteen has uh, shook the world and it's 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 shaken all of our lives to, in one form or another. <laughs> some people are at work, some people aren't. Some people can some work some home. some people with a lot of money are trying to tell people that they should die for the U.S. economy. That's fun. Yeah. Well. Mm. <laughs> um, but we have seen games uh, being delayed, um, and specifically when you mentioned The Last of Us, we've seen The Last of Us 2 uh, has now Get been delayed, delayed indefinitely. Um, mm. And I, I think that the, the general gist of that is saying that, yeah, the game could launch, but when every uh, physical store is pretty much closed, um, you know, that's going to really affect Sony's bottom line. Yeah. This is one of their biggest game releases. Um, I, especially is, for a console, especially, especially for a console yeah, where a lot of way, people still rely on physical. The way that went physical. down, uh, it almost seemed like Naughty Dog weren't even aware that delay was coming. Mm. Like Druckmann yeah. had tweeted just two or three days earlier, talking about looking forward to the game or something, and then like literally three. I, like it's almost like this was Sony's decision. Like Sony came over the top and were like, "Look." This is causing issues. All the shops we want to release this in physically aren't going to be open. So yeah. maybe our digital penetration <clears throat> isn't where we want it to be to justify releasing our biggest game of the you know yeah. of the year. Yeah, let's just hold off. Or certainly isn't where they want it to be in all regions that could potentially see that massive sales uptick from a physical yeah. release. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a wonky situation. You know, and the it's indefinitely. The indefinitely part of that release uh, release delay timing has well, got I mean, me interested. Well, I mean, single player games, you you wouldn't have thought. I mean, we don't, I don't we don't know the statistics, but yeah. you would have thought that single player games wouldn't have the same digital penetration that a multiplayer game would, or a yeah. game with a multiplayer component. And of course, the multiplayer component isn't there at the moment. So it could just be that Sony came over the top and said, "Look, let's just hold off a little bit longer." Yeah, till we can have the same physical launch yeah. that we would like to have. But it does rather. raise it. It does raise some questions since this was prompted by COVID nineteen. Like, mm. Mm. if the delay is in, is indefinite, depending on how the world situation shakes out, uh, like, game, physical game stores like might not even be doing 
much in countries that are deeply, deeply affected by this for like maybe even up to a year, you know? Yeah. Especially this, in like Italy, especially, it's especially in like Italy where like almost like a ton of the population, like a, I think over 50% of the population is infected now or something. I don't remember the statistics. I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. It's pretty bad over there. I wouldn't say it's 50%. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty mm. freaking bad. Uh, it's and it's only likely to get worse as the months roll on. Uh, could we see Last of Us get delayed into 2021? Like, oh. especially especially if they can't justify a digital release, knowing maybe that their digital penetration isn't as good as they want it to be. Uh, because there was a, there was a thread on Era that was just posted today, uh, as of uh, today as of the recording of this podcast. Uh, that um, Druckmann's thoughts were along the lines of the studio was still debating on whether or not a digital-only release would cut it. Uh, mm. And if push comes to shove, I could see them maybe midsummer or early fall can see the, pushing it out. Your connection's frozen. <laughs> That's guessing game. Finish no, am, I, am I back? Um, am I back? Yeah. This, this, again, is the reality of... Uh, of yeah. trying to do a podcast over the internet. Um, oh, yeah. we missed but, you, Cairo. You uh, oh, completely froze there. He's so back. Am I back? Try and repeat that? Hello? Yeah. I was, uh, so I was about to say that um, <laughs> <laughs> now I can't remember what I was. Oh, yeah. I could see them saying something like, we're going to push out a digital only release. <laughs> oh, Did it freeze again? Uh, well, and, um, they, and they say that Australians have third world internet, yeah? Yeah. Sorry, Kyrie, you, you died again. Perhaps the the Sony Sony sort of team are, are just muting your connection whenever you're trying to say what you're trying to say there. Conspiracy theories uh, are rife. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we get the gist, right? So, And, and look, let's be fair. Um, the PlayStation team and the Sony camp aren't the only ones affected by this. We've seen uh, In Exile with Microsoft Studios announce... Microsoft Studios? Where, where am I? Xbox, uh, Xbox Studios. Game Studios also announced a, a delay, not uh, indefinite delay, but like I think it was a couple of months that they added to the the time frame for mm. for release of Wasteland Three. Um, and the real question is here: is are we going to see more um, potential pushbacks? And, and I can tell you one hundred percent we are. Like, oh yeah, I, I I was told a while back that pretty much everything that was due to release in April or later there's a very good chance it gets delayed. Even games that have already received delays. Wow. So what what games have already received delays? Taking Last of Us out of it, because that was like literally a day ago. Um, what games have already received delays? Uh, Cyberpunk, uh, Cyberpunk received, received a delay. Yeah, to September. <laughs> Might get another one. Oh, yeah. goodness. Might get another one. Who knows? We're Halo. probably going to... We're probably going to be in this uh, for a long time. Tactics. This is well. No, they've announced the Gears away. Tactics release date now, haven't they? Yeah, they've said well, but, they 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 had announced the Last of Us Two release date too. Yeah, but they like announced it like this week, so they must know where they're landing because they're already in. The but uh, okay, all all you can really say about the situation at this point is prepare for uh, <laughs> unforeseen consequences. <laughs> Basically, this is our chance to attack your backlogs, backlog. people. Yeah. Yep. Backlog. Yeah. Attack your freaking backlog is, at this, this point. This is the chance. Yeah. Like, yeah. we might, so, like, it's still a possibility that either a limited launch of the next-gen consoles comes out this year 
or the launch of the consoles is delayed into 2021. Well, well it's still speaking speaking of Cairo's connection being like Phil Spencer's. Um, <laughs> Phil Spencer, he was on uh, <laughs> he was on IGN's podcast, and they were <laughs> and um, he was on IGN's podcast, and they were talking about uh, the console and whether they thought it would get delayed and that sort of stuff. I, I got the sense from that interview that. I don't think Series X is being delayed. Yeah. That's that's the sense that I got from that interview. I, well, I feel like from that interview, they pretty much set themselves up to basically, without even saying it outright, we are fully prepared to launch this thing this year. Yeah. 100%. It was, it was very much, um, and I think one of the, I'm paraphrasing this quote perhaps, but um, we will not delay the launch of the hardware for any singular game. For any game. So, Including yeah, if, Halo? If, that's right. Yeah, it's that that would suggest that Halo and the Series X are not intrinsically tied to each other, like we probably thought they were. Um, and it's funny, you know, Phil did two podcasts with IGN. Yeah, hasn't even done one with ours yet. You know, yeah, he's, he's actually Phil. been What's he's actually on? been on the Discord now since all this started. He's actually been online in the Discord. Still not saying anything. This is very quiet. Um, <laughs> very quiet but he, He's just lurking. He, he was um, on both IGN podcasts, and I have to say it's extraordinarily interesting that, you know, there's no even passing mention of Lockhart. You know, so cl- it seems pretty clear that <clears throat> Ryan was instructed, do not ask about Lockhart. Yeah, and I, I got that impression from Digital Foundry as well, you know, mm. and and the uh, Austin who who came out when they did the whole XSX yep. um, deep dive. No one's mentioning it. It was mentioned very, very briefly in um, Austin's kind of, he does like a podcasty type thing with his team afterwards. And they said something along the lines of like, what about Series Y or whatever it's going to be? Do you think mm. it's going to be a thing? And and it was just it was just almost avoided. Um, so I get the distinct impression uh, that that has been seen and that they're they're teeing something up. We saw um, in the Phil Spencer interview and particularly the latest one, so not the the Ryan McCaffrey podcast one for Unlocked, but the Next Gen Watch or whatever the they call it, that Wars. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he said, yeah. they said, have we done from a hardware perspective? Is it all just games going forward? And Phil, paraphrasing again, we've got a couple more hardware things to talk about. So, mm. like... Uh, but but also, and there's so much to unpack here, really. Um, from a price perspective, that was something that, that IGN hammered them on. And as much as perhaps, it, it, certainly in my opinion, there were some softball questions there, um, mm. the, the the price element kept getting hammered, right, about how critical it was. And, and the best way that I kind of took that was that prior to to the xbox game studios team that we have now where it's actually supported as a business unit within microsoft from up here and not from here um they have some serious room to be flexible and and competitive on price and as much as i'm expecting series x to be a 499 and I'm talking dollars here for our US. It's still viewers. it's still a possibility that three nine nine is table. You know, if they yep. really you know, if they want that mic drop moment, um it <laughs> would be imagine. very cool. And and equally if Lockhart 
is going to come and even though they might be launching the series x at a lower price point to to really have that massive splash that it could achieve mm. if they're releasing the the lockhart the series s or or e or whatever they end up calling it if it's launching at 199 249 and it's like yeah and also there's this for people that don't care about 4k does the same thing have fun it could be a real real winning combo um obviously yeah. we'll have to deal with for the majority of the gen the it's holding the generation back arguments unless um, it's the thing that we theorized last episode yes unless it's yeah unless it's, unless it's a streaming, streaming hybrid of some description but i think we are going to get answers to those questions sooner Soon. rather than later mm. um, yeah my like you guys know i've been I've said all along that I think 599 is a real possibility. After that interview, 599 is no longer a possibility. Yeah. Like, this thing is either going to be 499 or 399. Yeah, like, 100%. I, I, don't think, I don't think they're going to go anywhere near 599 now. No way. Yeah. Not no. anymore. Like, it- that was still, like, even... I'm pretty sure, like, I don't think it was ever... People putting that on the table, a five nine nine. I thought it was. I thought it was definitely on the table. Yeah, and at the and at the time, I feel like if I remember right, I did call you out on that <laughs> for yeah. being kind of ludicrous because uh, it doesn't make sense for a console to launch at six hundred bucks. Like, especially in the economy that it is now going to be. Being the economy into. that it is. Oh yeah, I know. The access people that, have like, to luxury electronics, like a console. No, they're, right. they're not going to want to price people out, you know. But I was talking five nine nine much earlier in the year before this all started, and late last year. Like five nine nine isn't the the boogeyman type of price that it was in two thousand and six. Like, let's be real now. Like, we're talking about you know in two thousand and six the iPhone didn't exist, and iPhones now cost close to two thousand dollars. Like I, I don't. But think that's ignoring the reality that most people like Apple's new phone sales have been declining over years. People know, stick. But, people buy an well, iPhone and they stick with it now. Like all I'm my parents that, are on. Anecdotally, my parents haven't moved up. My dad hasn't moved from his iPhone eight since it launched. And that yeah, was I've what, still got an eight plus. Ago? I've still got an eight plus. Yeah. But, Here's the thing. They also, Phil also said in the next gen watch show that, uh, you know, they've got their Xbox All Access. All Access. Which is their mm. version of a mobile contract for your console hardware, Game Pass, and uh, a monthly fee. Um, so it sounds like they are in a really good position. And, and as as, mm. as weird as it is, um, the economy that they are launching into, yeah, this is a luxury. This is a, a not a necessity for life, all right? Let's be real. It's games. Yeah. But if you're in a situation from COVID uh, that you're struggling to find cash, don't buy an Xbox. Well, but here's the thing. This is well, what I'm saying. So if they are launching Lockhart, they're in a position to, for those that can, Series X is their poster child. But for those that are affected, there's there's a way to jump on that bandwagon if Lockhart mm, does come out. Cheaply. At a much lower price. And in the economy that we mm. are heading towards, that's attractive. That's an attractive Lockhart proposition. makes a little bit more sense now. It does now, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe that's the real conspiracy. Is is it a Microsoft plot? <laughs> did my, Who knows? Did Microsoft did Microsoft start COVID nineteen to sell Lockhart though, units? It's an Xbox <laughs> hardware sales plot. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Don't do that. Don't, <laughs> don't, do, that. don't do that. Yeah, that's um, but, that's BS. You know, it, it was a it was a, a as much as it 
<clears throat> I would have asked some different questions had I been in that in Ryan McCaffrey's seat. Um, uh, but I mean, we know we know as well as they do that. Like, I mean, even when we had the Thomases on, yeah, when we had Adam on, you know, we we tried to respect, yeah, their position and ask them, look, is there anything you know you'd like us to stay away from, like. Yeah, you know, because understand people need to understand that before these people get on, they have to run, especially with lesser known outlets. Yeah, let's yeah. call it outlets. <laughs> they have to run stuff by PR. Yeah, like you know, when we had Adam Eisgreen on last year, it wasn't just a case of, "Hey, Adam, want to be on?" Yep, and he was just on. He That's had to approval. actually speak to Microsoft PR. They had to watch an episode of the show. They had to check us out. They like it's not just a case of they just come on, say whatever the hell they want, and that's it. Yeah. Like IGN, one hundred percent would have been like, you can't talk about this. You can't talk about this. Yeah. And We're not ready to explain this yet. You know, and that's the blah, same blah, blah, for blah, blah. any press environment. You know, yeah. there are questions when you do an interview yeah. that are off the table. Um, but there are there are some things I would have asked, and yeah, you know, Phil, if you fancy challenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll see. It's still yeah. an objective. Um, there's plenty. We'll still, more. we'll still try and get him on. It should be easier now. He's stuck at home. Yeah, <laughs> drop him a DM. If he ain't you're going on the Circuit right now, you know, like uh, <laughs> come on and, and spend some time. Um, but it, it definitely was a, a great interview. We saw some really good stuff in terms of some hints towards uh, the first party roadmap. We saw, and indeed, we've seen perfect darks coming. Man. This year, there's a game releasing from a Xbox Studio like almost once a month like just but yeah. yeah and it's great I mean, and if it's... they keep that release cadence up that's great into the next gen like straight mm. up yeah and if it... people can expect at least one microsoft title every month mm. and this or is... at least one every couple months for the duration of the year the that's big... great. i think i think it'll be on like when you work, when you go across the year it'll be on average almost one a month on average yeah what yeah, one maybe. of the one of the biggest, most interesting things to me that I, I kind of touched on was when he was talking about what a launch day looks like. And we've said this before, right? Um, but he kind of alluded to the fact that traditionally console launches and Xbox One launched with a fairly good slate. Not great, but a good variety of games, but probably quite a lot. And, you know, yeah. you go back to those times. I mean, this is, what, 2013? Go into the store, you pick your, your couple of launch games, and suddenly, you know, your your £400 console becomes a £500 console because you bought two games. And whatever else you end up, accessories and stuff you end up buying. But we're in a, in a world now where he, he effectively said, look, you know, maybe it's not about launching six, six Microsoft first-party games on day one, right? If you are launching with Halo the majority of your customer base is going to get that game um and then it's a case of rather than what do you stack at that front end on that day one okay what's week one look like and then what does week three look like and when do these cadence of releases start dropping and i think that is definitely more interesting to me in terms of what that feels like because i remember buying the 360 on day one and it was like you played you played whatever games you're interested in then there was nothing Mm. <laughs> geometry wars was literally like the best exclusive for the first three months on that console or oh, i started yeah. playing halo yeah. 2 on back compat it was just yeah, i mean with backwards compat speaking of backwards compatibility like <laughs> straight up we're going into a launch that's kind of unprecedented where people can just say 
yeah, like we don't really care that much about a launch library because we still have games from last year we can play on the new box. You know, mm-hmm. like and updates. Do, do, and does games a, will get updated and stuff. Does a does a launch lineup matter now when people are basically just upgrading the box rather than simply than simply buying a new machine yeah. with its own mm-hmm. ecosystem? You know, yep. like now it's a question of well, I can either I can wait and sit on that four hundred to five hundred bucks and not get the console for now and still be able to play all my games with all my friends that do buy the console. Yep. Or I can buy the console now and be able to play with all these fancy graphics and get all the upgrades that might come along with that, you know? Yeah. And it's it's just it's a nice it's a nice uh feeling to be in a situation like that now. Because yeah. hey, now you don't have to give up what came what came in the past because it's all coming with you now. Yeah, you know? uh, I really like this this kind of uh, blended future. Like, I know that you know not every one of my friends is in a position, nor do they want to. You know, they, yeah. they you know as they've as as we've all grown as as people that invest in this hobby. Some people love their consoles and only want to play there. Some people have gone like, you know what? I've got a really great PC. I don't need to buy a console anymore. That's where I want to play my games. Oh, great. Well, now we can all play together, so it doesn't matter. You're no longer yeah. gatekeeping people into a walled garden that says you can only play here. Well, some platforms, mm. maybe. Yeah. Um, but I, I like I like this new era and this new world that we're in, and I think it's remember when uh, Remember when people laughed at Microsoft saying that the Xbox One was going to be forward compatible? <laughs> and now we're entering a new generation, and it's pretty much forward compatible? Yeah, well... Like, hmm. Um... You know, obviously that's not the only next gen news that dropped. Um, the the you know, the other camp they had their uh, their their technical deep dive, um, their presentation mm. into yeah. the PlayStation Five. It looks like a, a fantastic console. Um, there's lots of very very cool. Did we mention this? Did we mention this on last episode? I can't too? remember when the actual. Did. I think it dropped. We did. We, yeah. we spoke about it as part of the. Um, as part of uh, the next gen talk, yeah, next and I gen think spec stuff, yeah. I think uh, Eurogamer just did a or Digital Foundry via Eurogamer, I should say, um, just did a kind of like a further clarifying deep dive, and and there's some really cool stuff here. I think you know there's a lot of um, console wars type stuff, and some of it's hilarious, and and you know from my from my personal viewpoint, I do just find it funny. All the going to bat whatever um it is just fun but at the end of the day it looks like we're looking at a really really good gen we're looking at a really good Mm. competitive um genre changing you know there's going to be unexpected things there's going to be new things and and it's it's just really exciting time if you're into video games so like for all the crazy stuff going on in the world try and gain some perspective and and perhaps approach it from a little bit more of a light-hearted viewpoint um because at the end of the day it doesn't really matter as long as you're having a good time like everything else is you know is kind of crazy right now so just try and focus on the good stuff is my yeah philosophical takeaway for the day so i think Mm. um swiftly pivoting we do have our other favorite staple question where we ask uh our wonderful community for uh, questions and what they want to see our sort of takes on um, which is community questions time so um, we've put a shout out on Twitter on the Reset Era main official thread and via our Xbox Era Discord Um, what should we hit up first should we go with Twitter first of all seeing as it's on my screen right now Um, so 
uh, a frequent customer, Hypernova474. Um, this mm-hmm. is a good one. So do we think that Xbox will have any events or showcases between their digital presentation that is now replacing what would have been E3 in June or XO20 or whatever it's called? Now, we oh. said on this podcast that, again, this is January, before COVID really, that was actually really last found year. its feet. And last year, we said that we were thinking uh, April is what we were hearing from the Microsoft mm. camp for a sort of Xbox One style. Here's a hardware. Here's a few games. Here's the console mm. OS, blah, blah, blah. What do we think, Ed? I don't know. I mean, remember when I was told about the April event and Elden Ring being at that event, Corona wasn't a thing. Yeah. So once Corona started everything's kind of off the table. Sort of like the rumoured February PlayStation event. Yeah. You know, again, all those rumours started before Corona was a thing. So there's every chance that that PlayStation meeting was happening in February, but then Corona started late Jan, early Feb, mm. and all of a sudden that changed. So, look, my, if, if, you look at, if you look at Microsoft's, uh, to borrow your word, cadence, since the game awards there's been something almost every month january still had a couple of smaller things but microsoft has technically had something every month december january february march so based on that i'd like to believe that the april thing is still happening in digital form in some form yeah um but i'm likely to think now that the Elden Ring gameplay will probably, at a guess, end up at the E3 digital event, more likely. That's the way it's looking. Yep. Um, but hopefully there's still something for April, unless the IGN interviews are it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would... Well, he, I mean, and Phil, as I said earlier in this podcast, um, he did say we've got a couple more hardware things to talk about. So one mm. of them has got to be Lockhart. Mm. Um and I'm not quite sure what the other one's going to be, but I'm intrigued. Is it going to be something to do with xCloud? Don't know. It could be just another Series X thing. Could be, and, and uh, it's exciting, right? We don't, we don't really know. Because it's not going to be an an Elite Series Three. No, they better, <laughs> they better bloody not be, considering how much yeah. this thing costs. Have to say though, I do love this pad. Um, it's oh, great. it's amazing um it's it's genuinely just great um hmm. but yeah so that so it's a good question but the, the short answer to that i think um unless you have anything to add cairo is yeah we expect uh something in april um maybe not something in may and if there is it'll be a small thing but definitely you know the usual hmm. big blowout you've got to remember phil is on the esa board for e3 so hmm. um he knows i think every i think every major publisher or console manufacturers on the there USA are a lot board. of them i don't think so and but well they haven't turned up for the last two years so anyway um yeah. so the next question we have is is actually from one of uh, one of my one of my pals uh, in the uk um who listens to this show uh, religiously to try and keep up with uh general gaming news um how do this is vinnie 13 or at vinnie uk uh, how do the esteemed podcast hosts 
think that COVID-19 will affect new console sales. Less than expected because of financial worry, more because people haven't been spending their disposable income going out, less because of Xbox's commitment to cross-gen games. Love the show. So, yeah, I think we kind of spoke about this earlier on when we were talking about the whole COVID-19 affecting everything. But, yeah, I think the the middle one, I think the the business is quite robust. I wanted to say earlier when we were discussing that, you know, everyone's talking about in this economy, in this economy. Yeah, but at the same time, everyone's stuck at home and wants something to do. It's a value proposition. And and who themselves said, play video games. It's a great way to socialize without socializing. Um, So I I actually think there's going to be demand for them. Mm. Like... People are done with the older ones, and if they know that all their old games can play on these new consoles, I think people are going to want to buy them. Um, yeah, 100%. So yeah. I don't think the demand's going to be the issue, to be honest. Yeah. I think the supply will be, though. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, and it's funny, because yeah. whilst it's not strictly a question, at T-Reeks, or T-Treeks on Twitter, uh, he did comment and say, you know, lack of production will probably have an effect. And I think that's the bigger... Mm worry is yeah. yeah the hardware is definitely going to launch i think like i'm pretty confident in mm. saying that but does it launch in limited quantities per country for sure probably uh, for sure. the thing that worries me the most too is once the initial stock run goes out we're not going to see guarantee we're not going to see another stock run for no not, not for a while uh how how badly are people going to want an xbox or a playstation 5 and they're going to go to the scalpers charging $2,000 for a box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're you know? going to see some expensive consoles on eBay. Like, yeah. unheard yeah. of prices, man. <laughs> like, abs- like, even this, you know, my, my Animal Crossing Switch, like, that sold out within a couple of days of going on pre-order. I was very lucky yeah. to get mine. I jumped on eBay, and they were selling, not being listed at, I'm saying sold. For well over a thousand Australian dollars, fifteen hundred, twelve hundred, like unbelievable prices. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the consoles do launch, right? And any planned exclusives or whatever just end up coming to the Xbox One and PS4 anyway, because people can't get their hands on a box fast enough to play those games. Well, you know. I think that's why the, the whole cross-generational approach initially is the right one to make because yeah. the games that are really going to take advantage of the hardware, the hardware's pretty much just been finalized. Final dev kits are going out now-ish, right? That's final dev kits. So only really now, at this moment, can you say, this is what I'm developing towards. So you're not going to see games that take advantage of how an SSD is going to change game design until mm. that point you know so a couple yeah. of years out so it doesn't make any sense to gatekeep exclusive games you know the exclusive features and graphical features to games like ray tracing like 3d audio um that stuff can be gatekeeped because that's a feature of that hardware but the actual mm. underlying game design if you can just take down the effects take down the texture resolution take down the actual output resolution of your game and just port it down why not you're leaving money on the table you know it yeah. doesn't matter um and the, the people that are so hung up on the fact that there's got to be games that are only for that box uh, i think are in the wrong camp on this one that's just my thoughts especially now that we're we're dealing with this pandemic you know people aren't yeah. People aren't going to be able to grab their hands on a new box quick enough 
to satisfy the exclusive thirst, you know? Mm. Like, especially if we launch in limited quantities. Yeah. You know? Yep. You, you just got to have to concede that, yeah, people are still going to want to play these these games. And the only way they can play them for the moment is going to be on the old hardware. Yeah. Flat mm. out. Because they already own the old hardware, you know. Exactly right. So, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, good good question, good question. Um, and then the other one we've got on Twitter here <clears throat> from Flem, aka at this is unpronounceable Flemington. I'm going to say Flemington. That's your new name. Um, <laughs> at E319, there was a rumor uh, that Microsoft had acquired a Japanese publisher. Um, which was apparently Capcom. Um, now we have a rumor about IPs <laughs> from yeah, Konami, paste bin lol. Uh, do we think Microsoft is going to acquire a Japanese publisher in the near future? No. Cairo. No. No. <laughs> no. 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 <clears throat> All right. Like at this point, they're just settled and gearing up for lunch. There is no reason at all. To purchase another developer or even a publisher for that matter right now maybe maybe in some far-flung future if they if they find that they need more japanese content on game pass i have a theory. but for the I, moment I, I think like no i have a theory <laughs> i don't think it's a purchase i think this is a a partnership a partnership co-development partnership so yeah. um let's be honest right I, game pass is is huge and you know whilst we don't have official numbers we are in the millions of subscribers right and it's only getting bigger and it's only getting more focus and more traction within the gaming sort of communities yeah. if you were to partner with a publisher and say hey the games that don't perhaps traditionally sell well on xbox they will launch exclusively into Game Pass. I think we might see stuff like that, even with like EA Access. I have. Oh, to I ask, mean, we've already seen it. We've, we've already seen, seen it. With Kingdom yes, Hearts with Yakuza with. Yep. Yeah. I think we'll see stuff Final like Fantasy. that. I think we'll see stuff mm. like that, and and even EA Access, right? Like, I have no idea how that's doing, right? And I haven't heard them speak about it. Talk about we numbers. don't hear much about it anymore, do we? And you know, no. when people were talking about this whole um, EA purchase do you remember the crazy rumors microsoft were mm. buying ea and it was hilarious yeah yeah, like, yeah. yeah. like there, there's 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 no grain in truth in that but what we do know is that microsoft traditionally uh very very close closely knit with ea there's yeah. a lot of marketing tools that go their way we saw fifa as one of the cgi moments when we were introduced to xbox series x was it do FIFA i expect was fifa Good question, uh, but yeah, do we expect a, a football question. partnership? Is it going to be a with FIFA again to really kind of get Europe back on board? Maybe with they did buy Konami and they own Pesnet. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't think they're going to buy a publisher, but partnerships I can see. But yeah, I can I can see I can see something along the lines of like maybe because uh, Kojima is his own studio, right? Like it's not even owned by Sony, and I'm pretty sure Kojima's not in the business of not, selling his studio yet. to Sony. So if, hypothetically, this whole partnership thing is checks out, you know, uh, I could maybe see Xbox trying to get uh, another Metal Gear game out of Kojima exclusively to Xbox. Cool, that would ruffle some feathers. <laughs> that would ruffle some feathers. <laughs> feathers real I, think, but... I, think, I think we might at best get one more, like one acquisition this year, maybe. 
I don't know. Like I, I know within the Discord there was sort as of like a the, meme. As like sort the of wine meme-y. bottle hit, hitting the hitting the the side of the uh, Xbox Series X ship. Yeah, there, there was sort is of. This, a is this is this metaphor just like, or? Yeah, I, I didn't get it. So when you inaugurate a new ship, it used to be tradition where you get the wine bottle Smash and you smack it against, uh, get it against the hull. Okay, yeah, I'm with yeah, you. Yeah. So acquiring the studio would be the wine bottle. And the yeah, whole maybe. would be the Series X. Uh, but I mean, what were you saying about Mimi? 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 Uh, there was a bit of a meme sort of movement going on within the Discord last year. You know, hashtag 20 by 2020. <laughs> oh, yeah. And <laughs> and as much as I tried to pour water on it, and I countered that movement with a hashtag 15 by 2020, which, by the way, ended up being right. We did only end up with 15. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I think maybe at best we get one this year. Yeah. At best. Maybe. Yeah. Um, because it could be possible that any talks with any studios are now on hold or in flux due to all this stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously everyone has ideas on who sh- sh- they should be looking at, like a Sobo. Um, but, you know, a lot of the studios that were rumored are obviously overseas studios. So they're yeah. going to be the toughest ones to move ahead with under the current climate. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. On, honestly, all this talk of Xbox acquiring studios just keeps reminding me of all the weird people on Era that kept complaining about how Xbox wasn't building their own studios from the ground up and they were doing it the wrong way. And this isn't how we wanted new studios, Microsoft. And it's just, yeah. Jesus. Oh, my God. I, I, and then I, people I had to point out that Naughty Dog was purchased by Sony and was never built by Sony. Hmm. Like. Well, look, they and they are building new studios, right? We've seen it with um, yeah. with um, the initiative. The initiative, I think, World's Edge, the team that is coming behind um, the who is yeah. developing World's Edge at the moment is uh, World's Edge, <sighs> Age of Empires. Uh, is Age it, of Empires, uh, Creative Assembly. I can't remember which one is it. It's a Sega demo. I think it's I Relic. It was, um, I think Relic. it was Relic. Is it Relic? I thought it was yeah. Relic. I can't remember. But. Um, yeah, you know, we we're seeing teams come together anyway, so and I'm loving the whole cross pollination between those. I mean, teams. not just that. I mean, part of the reason I was never on board with the the extra studios is um, a, a lot of Microsoft's first party teams. Don't forget, have multiple, multiple teams su- within multiple them. teams. Yeah, so it seems silly so if playground has two two teams both capable of developing a triple a game you've effectively got two studios yep yeah because obsidian so not- right now is they're doing they're doing that new uh ground is it called grounded yep. I think, right yep. okay they're doing grounded with a small team, team of like but 12. then they got mo- then they got most of their studio on a new triple a rpg headed up by i think chris sawyer uh and some hints on uh i remember reading some old forum post by chris avalon complaining about obsidian like he usually does nowadays uh mm. saying how uh sawyer was looking to make his uh, his skyrim. his skyrim yeah so yeah. some indirect hype there i guess yeah uh, yeah we know that in exile know- as well are producing an ambitious triple yep. a and i think in exile is a company to watch like if you look at wasteland 3, yeah. the quality that's coming out of that studio now they've got that extra time and budget from ms yeah good stuff i mean you've got you've got ninja theory on bleeding edge plus hellblade project mara uh 
Project Mara. You've got Rare doing more than just Sea of Thieves. Yeah, got Wild, yeah. And something else. Yeah, and, and I was about to say, yeah, that's what I was referring to. I completely <laughs> forgot about Everwild. Um, so when you've got these big studios with multiple teams, they probably don't see the need yeah. to just go acquire... Again, I'm not saying they're never going to acquire any, anyone new again. I mean, yeah. we pretty much know... Basically, for a fact that there are they are in at least talks yeah. with other studios, but that doesn't necessarily mean you know they'll acquire. And there's yeah. still double like uh, yeah. I just think that when you've got that many big studios with multiple teams within them, you've effectively already got twenty plus studios yeah. for all yeah. intents and purposes. Especially when you've got studios- different creative leads that are incubating in mm. their in within those studios like with the, with the next big idea and then the you know the next team is spun up to support that mm. game as the other game releases and then you're in sustain and that that is yeah. it's just the nature of it and i think it's and then can I just and then on top of that Microsoft? you've got global publishing who would be doing third party partnerships behind the scenes like your rises your dead rising 3s you know your ori's your mm. so You've got that as well, so I just this really there's just no need, yeah, for more studios. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's and already so much, especially when you got such creative, you know, creative teams, right? Like, Phil, Phil Spencer has gone on the record before saying that they chose the teams they did because they had seen creative potential with those teams. So, it just makes sense to me more so that they would stick with trying to cultivate the talent that already exists at those studios into being powerhouses, right? Because mm. In Exile would have never been a AAA studio had it not been acquired by Microsoft, and now they're working on a AAA RPG. And they're in you know? a really mm. good area for talent. And they just got the um, combat designer from God of War, Ooh, which is good. Yeah, so like the amount of creative potential that the team, and especially when you, when you got guys like Double Fine, in Microsoft's pocket now, you know? So guys cool that, like games gonna come from them. Guys who just like, Breathe, live and breathe creativity you know uh i just don't think there's a need for another studio at this point yeah. i like, for the record what, what point is there that's that's one podcast guest i would absolutely like kill someone to get on if we could get Who? tim schaefer on yeah god oh, oh that'd, be tim, great yeah, that'd be great <laughs> we can have a crack at it <laughs> i'll put my um, stalking powers to yeah uh, yeah let's see if we can get him in to use um, so yeah that's uh that's a good question so definitely Definitely more to come, I think, on, on all sides. But I don't think any uh, ac- publisher acquisitions. I think that's probably no, above and beyond. No way. Um, no way. Should we hit up the Discord next? Yeah, have you got sure. that open at the moment? Yep, I do. Uh, you... First question is from Suka Brood. It's about uh, Bleeding Edge. Um, he asks if we think that Bleeding Edge has met expectations from Ninja Theory. Uh, and how do you think the game's performance will affect its future plans? Um, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I I doubt their expectations were that high of Bleeding Edge, to be honest. Same. I think they uh, yeah. invested enough in it, and it was a niche product they, for a niche market, and they were yeah. like, you know what? I feel like they knew what they that. were going into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with Game Pass, at least they had the security of saying, well, we can just release this game. We'll have some people try it out. Hopefully some stick around enough that we can keep developing on this idea. Yeah, and, I almost feel like all the newfound money was put into maybe polishing it up yeah. which they really did like it i know it's bare great. bones and i know it's got its issues but it still looks 
I don't know how to explain it. it it's just consistently looks... designed. Consistently designed. Yeah, it's just and clean sound... and tight and polished. Speaking and... of design, speaking of design and more bleeding edge, I want that I want that damn soundtrack to release on like Apple Music and Spotify. Because yeah. I need that on my phone. Some of those tracks are insanely good. Like yeah. whoever yeah, they got I've doing the music for that game price. is great. Nothing and and you know, in terms of in terms of the the, the game's future, the, one of the first things I or one of the things that I keep thinking every time I play it, I feel like its world could lend really well to an action brawler beat 'em up game, almost yeah. like yeah. a three D Streets of Rage. Mm. So you know, you pick your character and just like in Streets of Rage and. You walk along and just beat the crap out of people, and I don't know. Like I feel like its universe could lend well to other genres. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I hope they persist with it. Um, yeah, I don't. Think... Speaking of bleeding edge. Oh, go go go! Sorry, yeah, go. no, I was just going to say like the other part of that question was how we think the game's performance will affect its future. So they've obviously said there's more to come. Um, the cosmetics mm. and stuff that are yeah. available in the game aren't broad or particularly sweet. I don't think it'll affect their future much. Yeah, really. I think I think one of two things will happen. One is they have the next three to six months planned out, and it's sustainable yeah. for them as a studio, and they'll do it, and that's it, and it will be put yeah. into what well, I would call steady state from a business. Well, we perspective. know now, we know now that Phil is letting studios continue to support games. So, my guess is that they'll try and pull off a For Honor-style turnaround for Bleeding Edge. Maybe. Like, For yeah. Honor's not huge, but it still has a presence. It's got a, like, it's got a, good, it's got a good following. They still have good seasons coming in and out. And, and I so. think they'll look to For Honor as their blueprint in terms of how they continue to support uh, Bleeding Edge. Like, they're not going to sit there and look at Rainbow Six Siege. They're not going to sit there and even look at Sea of Thieves or... Yeah, I I, th- I think they'll use For Honor as their blueprint for okay, Bleeding Edge is never going to be huge, but maybe we can cultivate ourselves a really hardcore, uh, dedicated fan base that will just keep supporting it, yeah. keep pumping money into it, keep you know whatever. I yeah. also think, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something announced towards the summer in some digital form, and obviously again this whole virus stuff prevents companies from perhaps doing the kind of stuff that they may have had planned, but like an invitational, because one thing I have heard is at a high level, the game is extremely entertaining to watch, be played, you know? Um, Mm. And will we see like some form of Twitch rivals mixer invitational with a prize pool for digital teams to get together? No, obviously that can no longer be an event with cameras and all of that stuff Mm. because that's the nature of it. But will we see something like that? Again, yeah, I think I think we will to try and revitalize and perhaps draw some attention in, get some viewership on it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely something to to think about. Um, yeah, good question. What we got next? Yeah, there's a follow up. There's a follow up, less serious question <laughs> um, from Blast the Base. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, one being game of the year uh, and ten being game of the generation, where does Bleeding Edge land for you? <laughs> Um, <laughs> for me, not on that scale. I'm afraid it's not. Yeah. It's not particularly negative. Forte seven. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, look, like I, I've said, I've said all along. Okay I, it's fine. Like I, it's a yeah, seven. Like, like for me, it is a seven. Like a solid seven out of ten. Yeah. 
with, with yeah. potential but, for more. But but here, remember the trick is that one is game of the year and ten yeah, is game of the generation. I know. So Doesn't I give know. us much wiggle room. On 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 the dumb scale, it's not there, <laughs> but on the normal scale, yeah. Uh, let's be honest, it's no Crackdown three. Right, it's no Crackdown oh, Three. Stop, it's stop, definitely stop, not Crackdown Three. Stop, just yeah, it's it's better than Crackdown Three. I can and tell you that and much. And it's definitely no Killzone Shadowfall. Wow, but, Killzone um, Shadowfall is an awful game, and I you oh. should still feel bad about supporting it. And and yeah. uh, in case I'm just giving <laughs> I'm giving Starlatina a heads up. If he tries to skip your question, don't worry, I've got you. No, 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 <laughs> no. I won't skip it. I know it's, it's further down. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to see. Uh, there's a sort of a question directed directly at you from Token Aussie. Yeah, well, um, and we've got an answer to this one because we've seen some stuff already. So it's kind of was yeah, answered. Yeah, when is it? Yeah, but, when is the next blowout? We just had a bunch of great content from ID at Xbox. So will we see the console OS and features and games in an April digital campaign, or are we waiting for a huge June blowout? So yeah, we, we've covered it. We kind of already spoke. That was an earlier Twitter question. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, Aussie. April still. Sorry, Not talking about it anymore. We love you. <laughs> um, Brood, another question. With Sea of Thieves coming to Steam, uh, how do you think it will perform on that platform? And what do you guys think the chances are of Forza Horizon 4 coming to Steam? I think um, it coming to Steam will open it up to a lot of people that never wanted to bother with the Windows launcher. Yeah, I think, yeah, probably. Uh, I think it's going to do gangbusters on Steam because it's, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it'll do just okay. bloody good fun. And honestly, with the big support xbox game studios is showing for the pc platform by releasing a lot more games on steam i wouldn't doubt at some point that they have can at least at the very least considered bringing forza horizon 4 to steam if not said yeah we're gonna do that you know go on i was gonna say i think with forza horizon 4 it'll depend on what's happening with forza this year Mm, yeah i think that's true i think there's the other side of that coin is licensing We've seen um, yeah. when Forza Horizon 2 was coming to the end of its license terms, they just gave it away on Games With Gold to, to let as many people have the game forever before they had to mm. delist it. And this is the problem when you pull in artist soundtracks and, and, and yeah. vehicle licenses yeah. and all that stuff. You only have a limited lifetime Because lifetime licenses are expensive. Yes. Um, and speaking, th- speaking of Forza Horizon 2, though, we still have a copy of that that I think we might give away soon. Yeah, it's funny. Some of my uh, IRL pals have been trying to organise a, a Forza Horizon night, and what they found with four, mm. and this is you know mechanical hard drive rearing its head. They mm. are some really obnoxious loading times in that game. Load times, awful, unbelievable load awful times. Awful load yeah. times. Um, and really full. They on. were like, oh, let's go back to Forza Horizon two. The matchmaking was better, or the multiplayer was better, but um, mm. not everyone has that. And if they didn't pick it up when it was free, they're out of luck because they can't buy it. So that code yeah, won't go down well. well. Yeah, I was about to say we do have a code for Forza Horizon Two. Yeah, um, and it's and it's actually uh, you know what I'm going to call it a limited edition code, <laughs> as because this is the this is there's a story behind this and I can't remember if we've spoken about it on on this podcast. This Forza Horizon Two code is the code that was officially rejected by Kami, uh, Hideki Kam, Hideki Kamiya. Yeah, the jerk from Platinum. Um, you know he was on twitter asking how he could get a forza horizon 2 code now that it's been delisted i offered him a code i offered him the code that i have and he blocked me on twitter what so this is the code (laughs) that kamia didn't want 
So it's a limited edition code in more ways than one. Why, why does he do that? That's so strange to me. I have no idea. He put the question out in English. Like, apparently, he, he blocks people that talk to him in English, that respond to him in English. Yet, he puts his tweets out in English. So I don't understand. Yeah, I don't get it. That's so weird. he asked the question in English. Hey, how do I get Forza Horizon 2? So I replied in English. I don't know Japanese. So I replied in English saying, hey, I've got code if you'd like it. Blocked. So he Yeesh. can cram it. Yeah. There you go. If you want uh, Kamir's uh, Forza Horizon 2 code, um, <laughs> I'll, we'll make sure Ed announces something, <laughs> some form of giveaway on Twitter at some point soon. Yeah. Um, just for the lols. You can get um, Kamir's code. But yeah, I do think Sea of Thieves is going to do enormously well on Steam. I think that it is exactly the kind of game. You've seen it with uh, Ark, Rust, um, all of those kind of shared worlds, you know, anything can happen games, except now you've got a triple A uh, production value, well playing, well well thought out uh, pirate simulator, more or less. Uh, that is just, it's just fun with friends and you'll see a lot of multiplayer and and it's crossplay mm. at launch, which is great because yeah. Even though I play on PC, I play with a pad because it's that kind of game for me. It's more relaxing. I don't want to sit there like leaning in. Um, yeah. So the only time I real really encounter trouble is against people that uh, you know channel their inner shroud and start getting all FPS on me. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to pure naval combat, we we hold our own on pads just fine. It's 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 not yep. an issue. So good, should be good. Should be good. Um, Okay, uh, next question from Starlatine. <laughs> um, why, why is Nick so rude? Is it the Australian genes? So, yes. if we ignore the casual racism there, <laughs> which I'm very used to as an Australian, um, I'm not rude. Cairo's rude. I'm not rude. Yeah. How am I rude? Hold I'm, on a second. I'm very polite. How am I rude? Explain. <laughs> Well, okay, I shouldn't say rude because there's there's a, actually a, a comment further down from Solidus saying, tell Cairo to simmer down, indoor voice, please. <laughs> so I won't say you're rude. I'll say you're aggressive. Mm. How about that? Okay. Uh, I can deal with that. <laughs> I okay. can handle that. Um, <laughs> yeah, good. so I, 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 that, that was the last question, really. Jolly good. Um, so, um, yeah. And then I guess we'll Hopefully do with the Hopefully I answer bunch. that for you, Star. <laughs> Star's and always hitting us up with the good ones. I look forward to a Nick crammed question every every episode mm. now. Um, <laughs> and then looking over to Reset Era, um, first question from uh, Vito. Resetera. <laughs> Resetera. Uh, Resetera. What do we think happened about Remedy's control on Game Pass? Did Phil Spencer just talk about the wrong game and misspeak, or did the deal no. fall through, or is it coming no. once the exclusive DLC stuff period ends with PlayStation 4? Bingo. Yeah. Yep. That's your because answer. Because look how it's GTA... Coming. Look how GTA came to Game Pass as soon... As soon the day it Strangely, right after it dropped off PS Now, it just magically appeared on Game Pass. Ping. So... Yeah, yeah I, I'd say <laughs> that there was a deal in place for Control to be on PS Now, and when that's over, it'll be on Game Pass. Phil just said it way too early. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it'll come to Game Pass. Yeah. For sure. As uh, will yeah. Doom Eternal. 
Daily yeah, reminder Bethesda, that Doom Eternal is going to come to Game Pass. Yeah, and, and it's interesting. This is kind of tied into the next question and tied into something we spoke about earlier on. So the next question from Mentalist uh, is, since you guys are probably going to talk about the Phil Spencer interview, yes, we did, uh, and he's been quite excited about the studios, including what Global Publishing are up to, he'd be interested in our thoughts about what other potential partnerships they could announce closer to the next-gen release. One of those, I think, will be Bethesda, um, because we've seen how invested they've been with Game Pass anyway. Um, we've got the number of their uh, studio teams' games coming on Game Pass three, six months after release. I expect that to continue, um, and I expect Doom Eternal to, to, to pop along at some point once the sales tail off, especially in this environment, probably soon. I think there might be a Capcom one. Yeah, I definitely think like, there'll be a Capcom I, one. I, sure. I don't think people realise how many Capcom games are on Game Pass. And have been on Game Pass. Consistently. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, if you take away if you take away the Street Fighter deal, Capcom's still done a lot with Microsoft mm. this yeah. generation. And they've been putting a lot on Game Pass. Like, they clearly see Game Pass as a good vehicle to further um, engagement with their games. I think I phrased that okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And same with Square Enix. Square Enix has been putting a lot of stuff on Game Pass. Bethesda's been putting everything on Game Pass. Um, yeah, those three in particular of the major publishers have been putting a lot yeah. of stuff on there. And and there's a couple of reasons for that. I think one is a fundamental reason is that you know the very nature of game sales is that it, especially with new AAA releases is that first couple of weeks is huge it's all front loaded and it just tails mm-hmm. off as soon as you hit that tail if you want to keep selling your DLC and keep selling mm. those elements you, you plonk it onto game pass to to pick that back up because you got people that don't want to spend 60 quid but do want to play and then they might invest in yeah. other ways um and and don't forget these publishers also get money uh, money up front yeah almost like it's extra sales. Yeah. So once they're no longer getting traditional sales, they'll get that extra cash injection from Microsoft, which is like extra sales, plus all the um, all the DLC stuff that they're going to get, presumably, from the people trying it out on Game Pass. Yeah, so absolutely. It's good. Yep. Um, Samurai Gosu has asked what our thoughts are on Minecraft Dungeons. I think he said Microsoft Dungeons then. <laughs> um, and the lasting appeal it may have, demographics, post-DLC assumptions, etc. Kids are kids are going to love it. Uh, I haven't played it yet, but aesthetic, I mean, it's Minecraft brand. Yeah. Like, kids are going to love it. Yeah, I, I, I played it at XO19, and I... I'm not a Minecraft guy, even though I love creating stuff. Like I'm a big Forge fan in Halo, um, but it looks and plays really well, and it's really mm. good fun, especially from a multiplayer perspective. And jumping in with three friends, hammering through. And Diablo there is style. single console multiplayer, yeah. Uh, I think there is four surely on one one console. I th- yeah, I th- surely. I would hope so, but I don't know for sure, so I won't say mm. so. Um, we'll feed back on that one but yeah I think it's going to do well um, looking forward to it it's going to be fun mm. is it yeah. releasing on PlayStation yes yes <laughs> PS4 Switch, Switch Xbox PC cool that'll be a big game on Switch that is going to be such a big game on Switch wow oh, yeah. oh. 
that'll be I I'm willing to go out on a limb here and say that the Switch is going to be the number one platform for that game wouldn't surprise me um that's cool though that is cool I love that I mm. all of those people get to benefit from a really fun game Mm. Um, good stuff really really good stuff I don't know what they're going to do from a DLC perspective I would certainly expect stuff I don't know if they're going to treat it like Minecraft though where you had like DLC packs like skins and stuff yeah maybe new areas or new some of it's procedurally generated right so yeah boosters maybe yeah something something of that effect Mm. Um, but that's it that brings this round of uh, community questions to a close um, outside of that uh, I'm not sure if there's any other topics that we would necessarily want to cover today short and sweet as, as, um, as short as an hour and 45 minutes can uh, be. there is one that I wouldn't mind mentioning and it's not Xbox related go on shoot let's uh, go yeah uh, the rumour it's just because I'm excited about the prospect of these games coming out but there was the rumour of the Mario remakes Mario oh 64, yeah, the big giant Mario Sunshine Galaxy. Oh, man, I hope that's true. Like, I would buy those so fast. Um, if they can get Mario sixty four in particular, and make like get that looking like Odyssey or close enough to it, oh god, that'd be good. Mario sixty four, if it was remade with that kind of graphic engine, yeah, well, that's yeah. going to do very oh. well. Oh yeah, um, and I don't know what it is about gamers. We just we just like playing the same same crap. Like we scream for new uh, IP, but then oh, here's a game uh, remade in new graphic. I was on <gasps> and they just freak. I was on my Switch last night, and I was playing Punch Out, and then Super Punch Out, and then I jumped onto the Wii and played Punch Out again. Good I times. Love that game so much. Good times. I, I hope think- we get a new Punch Out on Switch. Um, I and I guess I, one last topic, perhaps to round it out. Um. And I'll give everyone three that they can pick, right? Three games that you would recommend playing either with friends or as single-player games that are perhaps underrated on whatever platform. doesn't have to be Xbox-related, um, but obviously that's the way we lean. Uh, to, to get through this whole isolation, quarantine period, what are three games, either multiplayer, single-player, underrated, that you would think would be good to go with Ed. Okay. For multiplayer to socialize, Rocket League. Everyone should be playing Rocket League. Um, <laughs> that should be an obvious one. And, you know, it's family friendly. So I, I will, word of warning for families considering Rocket League, the community is pretty toxic. Like, that's a, a known fact at this point. Like, it's just turn a, chat off at that point. Yeah, just turn it off. Like, mute. <laughs> Turn chat off. <laughs> leave it team chat only. Like, um, yeah, Some Rocket League people is a very, very. I'm shocked at how a soccer game has such a vile community. Um, <laughs> yeah. In terms of uh, single player, um, well, I mean, if if it's a situation where you're stuck at home, you're not working, you know, you're not you're living alone, maybe um, anything. Anything single player from Ubisoft, they pad their games out so bad that it's going to take you a long, long time <laughs> to fully complete one of their games, whether it's Assassin's Creed Origins, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, 
whatever it is, uh, Watch Dogs 2, um, even Shadow of War, like, their games are so just bloated and full of stuff, just stuff Shadow to do. of War isn't an Ubisoft game, but I get why you said it. Oh, it's not, is it? Oh, God, <laughs> it yes, feels like not. one, you, so you're not You're not. I was mad. about to say, I, in my head, <laughs> I had that attempted lawsuit where they wanted to sue... Where, where Ubisoft wanted to sue them because they sh- Mordor used the same animations as Assassin's oh, God, Creed. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I had that in my head and for some reason... But it is. It's effectively like a Ubisoft yeah, game, let's be honest. Um, yeah, anything like that, single player, because it's just so... They're so full of just crap to do and they're just so bloated that it'll take you forever to get through them. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Cairo? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, the first one should be obvious. Everyone with a VR headset should go play Half-Life Alex <laughs> Right now. Uh, again, I haven't finished the game. I'm only halfway through it. But like I said earlier, fantastic, fantastic game. You have to see it to believe it. And the people who keep complaining about the game not being on controller or in a traditional sense uh, have absolutely no idea what they're talking about. And there is nothing controller could do to replicate the experience of VR yep. for this game. Yeah. Nothing. So true. Uh, second game I would recommend. Um, I'm playing a lot of Call of Duty. Multiplayer socializing. Yep. Uh, they're about to release quads for... Uh, well, I think that's a leak. I'm not sure if that's exactly true. Force but I did hear somewhere... Uh, Warzone is going to have quads, yes. according to the leak, on Tuesday, yes. it seems like. Uh, Why wasn't it there from which, the start? God knows. I, I don't know. Honestly, it I should have five. That. It should have quads and yeah, fives. Because there's fives so many would be players. Great. Cause, yeah, because like, you have 150 players in the map. Fives wouldn't make sense. Because now yeah. you have an actual like group of friends together, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. especially people who play a lot... But especially people who play a lot and have a decent, uh, decently sized group of people that get together almost every night to play games, mm. you know, uh, nowadays, this, that's even more true. Uh, like Call of Duty Modern Warfare is the most consistently good Call of Duty that has yet to fully disappoint me in any aspect whatsoever. Uh, good campaign, like, too. Modern Warfare. Can't, like, mm. like. I can complain as much as I want about the campers. I can complain as much as I want about how I think the M4 and the MP5 in that game are the sum and total of all the BS I've ever experienced in a Call of Duty game ever because they're just so broken. Uh, and literally only tryhards ever use those guns. Uh, I could complain about numerous things, but at the end of the day, you know what I'm doing? I'm sitting down on my Xbox with three or four of my friends playing more and more call of duty so and on a consistent regular basis i'm done with the season i'm level 155 max rank in the battle pass i have nothing to do and i'm still playing that damn game you know uh great game great game for just connecting with people and being social and and doing something when you when you mention that it's funny because now we're going to end up talking for another 45 minutes <laughs> we, were to- we were talking about we were talking about games getting delayed earlier and I was reading I can't remember if we talked about it on Discord or if it was on Reset now uh, yes there was a poll on Reset and the poll was between Halo and Black Ops 5 and it was talking about whether we think one of those two games will be delayed into 2021 
Now, a lot of people were replying saying, well, how can anyone say that the game that's been announced, Halo, Fire, Halo Infinite, is the one that's going to be delayed over a game that hasn't been announced? Yeah. And it got, and it got me thinking, because everyone's like, Activision would never delay a Call of Duty. Yeah. Now, Activision technically haven't announced a Call of Duty. So it can't be delayed. And under the current climate, and given how well Modern Warfare is doing, yeah. given how well and Modern how, Warfare is being supported, yeah, especially with the leak how, saying, especially with the leak saying that sixty maps are coming to the game yep, over the course yep, of the yep, next yep. year, like, I believe this is not rumor mill. This is pure one hundred percent unadulterated speculation. I believe there won't be a new Call of Duty this year, and it'll just be Modern I Warfare. Think, I think they'll continue to support Modern Warfare. They'll continue to update Modern Warfare. They'll rebrand Modern Warfare for the new consoles mm. and almost give them a re-release. Yep. So they'll say, here, guys. This and is maybe their they'll be now. Maybe they'll be jerk-offs and they'll be the first to charge for a Series X and a PS5 update. And that's how they make their money. So what they'll do is they'll beef up the update. So it won't just be an update for better graphics, better performance. Yeah. It'll also be an update that includes content. Yeah. And they'll say, okay, Or guys, even PC-specific features like the FOV. Yeah. So they'll say, okay, we're not getting a new Call of Duty, but for 20 bucks, you can get the Series X update, which adds all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and, that's, and then they'll just give um, Treyarch another year to make Black Ops 5 real, real good and beef it real up, make, brief it up. A lot and make it an unbelievable package for next year yeah it's possible that's what i think could happen warzone yeah. is definitely the platform now like and if they're if they're yeah. bringing in they're bringing in all their standard multiplayer in amongst it um and they seem because... to be having fun with it they did some funny stuff for april fools where they had one playlist called um it's shipment 24 7 trust us and it was actually uh it was basically a playlist rotation on piccadilly yeah, it was Piccadilly, just <laughs> yeah. the constant, just Piccadilly. And then they yeah, did have a I playlist just... for shipment, but it was 10v10. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it was 10v10 yeah. shipment, and the playlist was called Call, uh, Call of Duty players only want one thing, and frankly, it's disgusting. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was like, 10v10 shipment, kill confirmed. And it was literally the dumbest thing I've ever oh, seen. That was horrible. But it's good that they uh, can have a sense of humor with it like that, and and you can do yeah. that kind of thing with a live service game and not piss people off. So yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good and, stuff. And, and don't forget, like each year they usually announce that year's Call of Duty in May. Yeah. But it's always being leaked and teased well before that, and we're in April now, and we really haven't heard anything. Yeah. Yeah. About so this year's Call of Duty. To continue what I was saying, since we went off on this giant tangent. Uh, yeah. What's your last the game? Last the last game I'd recommend is Elder Scrolls Online, surprisingly enough. And the reason being is uh, their Greymore expansion is coming out soon, which is going to be which is going to be uh, basically adding the rest of Skyrim to the game. Uh, and honestly, even if it weren't for that, I'd recommend the game based purely on the fact that just because it's multiplayer, it shouldn't dissuade you from the literal thousands of hours of content that game has built up over the last several years of its existence. Mm. Thousands of hours of content. Morrowind, Somerset, Elsewhere, now Skyrim. Like, there is so much 
stuff in that game. Like even on top of just the base, like 80 hour camp base campaign, like single player stuff in that game is insane. And the fact that you can play that single player stuff with your friends, if you wanted to, it's a good just package. mind blowing. Like mm. it's super, it, it's, it's cheap right now on sale. I think, uh, the base game is about five bucks. If you have game pass, it's still free. It's still in there. Uh, the Elsewhere expansion, I've seen it for like 7 to $9 recently on sale. Uh, Morrowind is included with the base game now if you buy it. I don't know about Somerset, but you can probably still find codes for that for cheap. Like, straight up, if you want a crap ton of things to do for the next several months, uh, ESO is just going to keep you busy for a long time. <laughs> Good one. That's a good one. I'm surprised you didn't say uh, Persona 5 Royale, but uh, it's too late. You can't take it. You can't put it in there now. <laughs> um, I guess for me, and I, I I, would be pretty positive you guys would be able to guess some of mine. Uh, what's the number one multiplayer game? I think people should definitely dive in and play with friends CFDs? right now. Yes. CFDs, yeah. If you haven't played it before, right, or if you played it and it wasn't for you or you got griefed, jump in, get three friends that you know well go in blind and do the tall tales so don't worry about the grind of the multiplayer aspect of, of trying to level stuff up just play the tall tales campaign the story set pieces and i guarantee you you will have a laugh filled evening um 100 like go and do it. it you will have fun and, and Nick, if we need to do a special YouTube series on the Xbox Series channel where we drag you in, for we will. We, we can do it. It's, it's <laughs> um, my nope. next recommendation would be um, not not VR in the specific way that uh, Cairo said with Half-Life Alex. If you have the PC available to play that, yeah, you absolutely should give it a go. I, for one, am an absolute wuss and, and I'm almost too scared to proceed, but I will try and get some further progress uh, done this weekend. I would actually like to do a. Speaking of that, before you go on, I'm sorry for interrupting, but That's I actually okay. would like to do a write up when I finish that game of just how how good it is. Honestly, no harm my in final that, thoughts. That's what the honestly. that's what the site exists for. Um, Maybe yeah. a review. Yeah, you could do a review of it. If you uh, want to. I I wouldn't want to give it a score because I feel like reviews are just kind of more a critique. I guess critique would be so no um, score, just a thoughts. Yeah, deep dive um, thoughts. But, from a VR perspective, you know, we're, we're stuck indoors. There are a lot more sitting around and, you know, at least certainly in the UK, we're recommended to only take one form of exercise outside a day. So a lot of people are, are resorting to exercising inside. So 100% look at things like Beat Saber, um, Pistol Whip is another really, yeah. really fun, uh, unique and very, very tiring uh, virtual reality game that you can you can experience. There's lots of leaderboard. My brother was my brother rang me and told me he's like, "Have you have you heard about Pistol Whip?" I'm like, "Christopher, we it, it's VR. Uh, <laughs> we talked about that game like ages ago on the podcast. So yeah. clearly, he revealed that he doesn't watch. Yeah, yeah. There you um, go. Shame on him. Yeah, he was all excited about Pistol yeah. Whip. So, yeah. and the yeah, great thing about it. the great thing about all these fitness games too is that most of them are available on the Quest. So you don't even need a, P, a like a fairly powerful PC to run That's these games. Absolutely. Just, right. If you can, if you can manage to find yourself a, an Oculus Quest, it's four hundred dollars. I think it was down honestly, to three four nine for the for yeah for recently. I don't know if it's still the case. Yeah. But. So if you can find a Quest, 
go for it. Honestly, yeah. like that for is value, a, it's, it's the best. One. That is a that is a really good package to have. Yeah, especially since you're going to be doing if you're doing fitness games, you won't have the wires attached yeah. to you. Yeah, and that's that's where it comes into its own, especially with stuff like Beat Saber and Pistol Whip, because I I I found it, and I'm not sure how you felt, but trying to get into Half Life Alex, having to be aware of the cable again, all over again. Yeah, was not. It, fun. it stinks. It, it really sucks. stinks. Um, yeah, like first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like, um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, once you get over it, then this is yeah. like whatever. Um, and my last my last recommendation um, is is a, a game that was released probably, and I think it, it, the game is struggles a little bit on OG Xbox hardware. Um, so I play it on PC, um, but it is available on Xbox, and I would certainly recommend giving it a go with friends. And that is Wreckfest. If you've not played it or you've not seen much of it, it's Destruction Derby. Um, but uh, with proper racing and the physics are really, really fantastic. And the key thing is here, and this is a recommendation from from our personal friendship group, is do not play it where you've got max out speed, like rank A cars, right? Um, get your cars to a point where you can max out to level C, which is kind of slow, not too slow, but you know, you've got some grunt and power. Um, and, and get a multiplayer match going with friends and I guarantee you there'll be lots of laughs if you're racing fans because there's a lot of destruction and carnage and, and all sorts in there so that would be my third recommendation um, but above all in these crazy and unprecedented times um, I think the biggest overall message we can give to anyone listening out there is just you know much as Cairo said at the beginning here stay home stay safe limit yeah. your contact until the storm has passed listen um, to listen to what the world health organization recommends what your local uh what your local like governmental uh health body recommends uh just be careful don't yeah. panic play as games. long as you follow their advice stay you'll home. be fine just stay, yeah. home. stay home play games stay that home. is in fact that's what home. i'm gonna call this episode stay work home, through your games. work through your <laughs> backlogs everybody you're yeah, gonna ha you have a lot home. of games in there i'm pretty sure <laughs> especially if you got game pass jesus yeah. exactly Doing so. gangbusters, but we will we will be back uh, as as per usual in in a couple of weeks' times, and who knows, within a couple of weeks, maybe we'll be talking about Lockhart. Um, but for now, we shall bid you all adieu. Uh, peace out, stay safe, and we'll catch you next time. Ciao for See now. You. See you later. Uh -huh.